All right, we're here today with Pat, who works for Roto World. And maybe you're wondering, why do we have like a sports, fantasy sports guy on a music show? It's because we're about to do a band draft where we're going to pick a singer, a guitarist, a bassist, a drummer, and a flex position that could be a keyboardist or another guitarist or whatever you want. And then we're going to give each other pitchfork scores based on the band we make and based on the criteria of like, is the band novel? Like, is it stupid and ridiculous? But also, is it viable? Would the band actually work? And could they plausibly make music that someone would listen to? From my perspective, it's kind of like fantasy sports where, you know, maybe Philip Rivers, his team usually sucks, but he's a great fantasy pick because he's always thrown for so many yards. So I'm looking at a guy, maybe like Flea, who his band is fucking terrible, but he's a great bassist. Like, Pat, do you have anything for us to look out for along those lines, like with your knowledge of fantasy sports? So you want me to tell you how to draft the ideal band team is what you're saying. Um, yeah. What are you looking for here to like outthink us on these bands? Well, the early rounds is where, you know, you look for your league winners. You go for as much upside as humanly possible. So like as probably got as many like guitar solos, as many drum fills, as many like cool keyboard sounds. Like people are just going to really stuff the stat sheet. And then like rounds like three through five, you know, you start looking for more glue guys, uh, but maybe some guys that are more like glue guys that have spiked weak potential. So maybe, you know, they're not like the best soloer, like the most consistent soloer, but they have like the nastiest solos. So they have like a low floor. Some weeks they're getting you zero points, but then they do like, you know, the the gnarliest like Ingwie Malmsteen solo ever. And that can like single handedly win you a week. So early, you focus on the superstars, of course, early, but then you look for not uh, you look for like a glue guy in round three or four. And then you look for like spiked weak potential in round four or five, someone who might suck most weeks but is talented enough to like single-handedly win you the league i'm thinking that's, the that's glue guys maybe maybe are sort of like a band who is consistently putting out good albums but never like amazing maybe like a guy like ty siegel like he puts out so many albums yeah. and they're all pretty good he doesn't really have that many classics but he's just like a solid workhorse you know you gotta get a guy like lenny kravitz a guy who's just gonna put in the work a nine to five guy who's not trying to make waves, who just wants to uh, do solid performances one after another. Some lunch pail musicians. No, you need a guy who's someone who is in an amazing band, but like, 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 the, dude, like the drummer in R.E.M. who like left to become a farmer. So he's like in an amazing band, but he's very humble. You know, he just shows up, yeah, does his job. Maybe occasionally he had an awesome drum fill, or maybe even a drum solo. I doubt R.E.M. ever had a drum solo. But like someone uh, who was like a witness to great greatness and just like did his job. That's true. Day. We need team players. We don't really need like Billy Corgans out here who are gonna re-record everyone else's parts and stuff. You know? No. Yeah. So like, yeah, like the the farmer dude, like the dudes in Radiohead who like aren't allowed to talk ever, and like have never had a, ha- a haircut before. They're not allowed to have hair or talk. Like those <laughs> are kind of the guys you target in like the fourth or fifth round. Was it LeBron who did the Billy Corgan thing where people said he was passing too much, or was it like Kobe Bryant? And then he just uh, didn't pass to anyone else, or he just passed the ball to everyone else every time, just to spite everyone. Yeah, it was Kobe. Yeah, it was Kobe. They were saying he was hogging the ball too much. And then one game, I believe, for like over two entire quarters, every time he got the ball, just immediately passed it. It was uh, definitely <laughs> so one of the most petty. passive aggressive moments. Such a yeah, Billy it was one Corgan. of the most passive aggressive moments in sports history. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And then he fired. Yeah, he fired all four of them after the game. Then, of course, um, I'll let yeah. Darcy play all the parts on the new album. She can play the drums, too. That's what you people want, isn't it, you little pigs? 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy Chamberlain's singing on the first single, I Hope You're Happy Now. <laughs> He's playing guitar. I've been teaching him. He's playing like a one-man band kind of setup. Yeah, Smashing Pumpkins are now Jimmy Chamberlain, and you, you guys said you wanted it, so here, yeah, here you go. I'm just that would make them right. way need... better at this point, though. <laughs> yeah, even if it was just drum stems. I need, I needed to step back. So I guess maybe we should just get started here. I actually, I don't really know. I haven't thought about what's going to be strategic for my first pick. Like, I don't know which part of the roster has like the least depth where I want to get a good person first. Oh wait a minute, we're at five minutes. I have to do the ad read. Oh, okay, yeah. we got to start doing ads on this show now. Yeah, this is actually a sponsored episode. We're sponsored by Stardraft Band War. Okay. Have you ever wondered what Ozzy Osbourne would sound like jamming with Duke Ellington? Or what killer licks Eric Clapton would add to the big Hawaiian guy's cover of Over the Rainbow? In Stardraft Band War, the new mobile app by Lizard Entertainment, you can draft your favorite celebrities for rockin' combos and win real money in Battle of the Bands competitions with other users. New in version 1.21, jazz band leader Cab Calloway is now available as a singer in place of Lost Prophets frontman Ian Watkins. Rock on! Okay, what were you saying? That wasn't distracting at all, but I lost my uh, train of thought there. But... <laughs> it's your first pick. You make, make the first pick of the draft. Probably the most single. Should I pick first? Do we want to... We didn't really assign an order, I guess. Uh... You know what? Let's go alphabetical. How about, Alex, you get the first pick? Okay. Well, I think... What you got to start with is what you would track first, which is the drummer. So, you know, drummer who can just, you know, do his job, who's just going to, you know, lay down some, uh, some beats, create a foundation for the rest of the band. And I think that's going to be John Bonham. It's a solid pick. It's a safe pick, but it's a solid one. John Bonham, very safe, but insanely high upside. Yeah, like I mean, uh, get, so that's like a safe floor of points on a weekly basis. But then you know, like say like the week, like he puts his drums like in that uh, a foyer or whatever, and has like the when the levee breaks drum sound when he creates that. Like you just instantly won the week, no matter what the rest of your team did. So yeah, it's kind of like the ideal points. first round pick, basically. Yeah, a safe floor and like a sky high ceiling. Yeah, yeah. So I'm oscillating between two um, alternatives here. I think since you took a drummer, I'm going to have to take a drummer now. But there's two very different routes I could go. I could either go with like a workhorse, like we're talking about, like a Jimmy Chamberlain type, or just go all the way out there and choose someone like Dr. Dre who's going to program some really good drums, you know? So this is really – the whole backbone of my band is at stake right here in the first round. Um, so you, for your drummer, you just want it to be Dr. Dre programming uh, – what do they call eight oh eights? Is that the yeah drum loop? yeah exactly? Or, uh, just give yeah. him like a little eight oh eight and let him go to town. So like right off the beginning, you're starting like very unorthodox. Like t- so like that like scrambles everyone else's draft board because they're like totally shocked by what you just did. So that's but like what another if it really amazing... just screws me over? Because then Pat, you might take a good drummer like a Jimmy Chamberlain or something. You know, I mean, for all we know, Doctor Dre doesn't even know how to program a drum beat. Maybe like he do- he can do any other kind of loop except for he can't do drum loops. Like maybe that's always like been his secret shame, and like you just really fucked up. But well, uh, Doctor Dre, he had a uh, lines ghostwritten for him. He didn't make his own rhymes. Say, so yeah, he's a terrible he had his rapper. Raps ghostwritten for him. But he's a yeah. great beat. Like he's a great. How producer, do we know his you know? his beats weren't? Uh, ghost written like by like Bob Rock or something. All right, you know what I'm doing then? No, I think it was Moby. But a little Moby, back yeah. in the 90s, I think it was Moby. Someone's drummer. All right, you guys, yeah. are, you guys are talking me out of it here. I'm going to go with Jimmy Chamberlain as my safe pick. So Pat, you're up. 
So I'm gonna try to go. Like I'm trying, I'm shooting for the moon here. I'm trying to get every, I'm trying to get floor, and I'm trying to get ceiling. I'm gonna take Paul McCartney, but he's only allowed to play bass. Like he's probably the greatest musician of like the 20th century. But I just want him to focus, you know, on like his core skill, and that was playing bass. So he he's not allowed to write melodies. He's not allowed to like God definitely not allowed to write like a whole ballad. He's not allowed to write like throwback like 40s music. He can only play bass and yeah i feel like if he just focused only on the bass uh it would make him like even better for sure i think you're right that's we have to assume that as a rule that the singer is responsible for writing both the lyrics and the melody that seems fair yeah and the bassist is writing just the bass part so yeah i thought you were gonna say uh i thought you were gonna do like a a michael jordan going to baseball pick and do paul mccartney as the drummer (laughs) yeah like on um what do you call it? The first song on the White Album yeah. he played drums. He plays drums on like the Ballad of John and Yoko. Uh, He's decent. He does the guitar solo on Back in the USSR. I don't know if he plays the drums. Um, I thought he played drums on it. Because the... isn't he it... might? He might play every instrument. Uh, he would have some like passive aggressive Kobe moments where he would go in the studio and just like yeah. play every instrument. Oh, totally. So, yeah, that, that's when he yeah. um, he famously when he was asked if Ringo was a good drummer and. They were just like, he's not even the best drummer in the Beatles. Yeah, yeah. which, you know, probably true. But uh, that's like with Kobe, you know what, maybe just take a shot. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know if we ever heard uh, George Harrison or John Lennon playing the drums. They knew it wasn't. They, they just, like, their egos were huge, but, like, not that huge. Not Paul huge, like, yeah. Paul's ego was so huge that he had, he spent, like, two years, like, uh, every spare second just becoming a better drummer than Ringo Starr. And it didn't really pay off because he never played drums again after the Beatles. But uh, he did win an argument, so it was good. <laughs> I think that's your first mistake here, though, where I don't know that Paul McCartney is going to get along with whoever else he chooses. so we're going to have to see how that develops. But uh, Well, maybe then he's not even allowed to talk then, only the bass licks. <laughs> yeah, he's got to have sort of a, a secondary role in the band, because if you put him in front, it's going to be, you know, him, his wife, who he's, you know, isn't the best keyboardist <laughs> in the band. Um, yeah, maybe Pat's going to choose Linda McCartney as his singer. <laughs> And then, th- and then three guys who aren't going to try to fuck his wife. Yeah, <laughs> we're basically. Uh, I, I'm just. I'm, it's a new challenge for Paul. I just think he'll be so motivated with the new challenge that even if he's only playing bass, he's going to win. Someone the should for me. put uh, George Harrison and Eric Clapton in the same band. Hey, Paul McCartney tried it. Uh, I, may, I can't remember which one of them invited George Harrison to the White Album sessions. It was probably George Harrison, actually. Invi- yeah, Clapton. I think he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't Paul. Um, but Paul was probably really pissed. Alex, we're back to you. Oh. Hmm, who's going to go on top of John Bond? Round two. Take another drummer. Like, you could flex. Yeah, the flex position could be a drummer. You know how few, like the Doobie Brothers had two drummers. So like you could be on the road to something special if you have two drummers. Grateful Dead had two drummers. Who's the bass player for Korn? Was it Monkey? (laughs) Uh, I can't remember if it was Monkey or Head. Oh no, it was Fieldy. Um, Yeah, he is, he's obviously the best part of that band. Yeah, he was just tuned like so low you couldn't even hear it i think i'm gonna go with him i think i'm we're gonna go john ball john bonham and fieldy from corn all right <laughs> i think they would have a lot to uh to say to each other about philosophy as well as mm. uh, in music who do you think uh, Phyllis, who do you think is smarter john bonham or fieldy from corn because the obvious answer is going to be like the british guy who was born in like the 40s but do we like know for sure that he was smarter than fieldy because John Bonham did die choking on his own vomit, so I think it's probably. Yeah, why didn't he spit it out? A close call. 
Although I saw recently that Jonathan Davis from Corn um, is really into playing games like Toy Story 3 that are for kids and that are really easy. So I don't think the IQ of Corn is, you know, really up there for any. I thought maybe you were going to say Jonathan Davis had become like a resistance hero or something. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised by that either. They are. Like, Axel's like as woke as possible now on Twitter. <laughs> I think like the deaf, one of the guys from the Deftones has said some like, you know, pseudo pro Trump shit or like all those guys like they don't understand politics and they're just like you know I don't think I think both parties are fucked up you know I think like yeah, yeah exactly that's like, yeah yeah I think it was, there's, um, there's not a single yeah there's not a single member of corn who doesn't listen to the Joe Rogan podcast oh totally and, dude like, yeah I think it was um disturbed and a couple other bands who a couple years ago did like a tour together that was called like make America rock again and it was a completely apolitical slogan because it doesn't make any sense, right? Like, I have no idea what their intention was, and I don't think did they, they did. Did they accomplish the goal, though? Because rock, rock Against Bush. They did. Uh, Bush was still in office. It didn't do anything. But, like, if you could make the case that America rocked again, I guess if you go, if you go listen to, like, uh, Thunder by Imagine Dragons, that is some bona fide rock and roll. Rock is back, baby. The rest of my lineup's going to be all the Imagine Dragons, guys. <laughs> I think I would rather listen to pro Joe Rogan or pro MAGA '90s new metal people than Imagine Dragons. Still, though, oh, like, yeah, especially absolutely. if they succeeded in making America rock again, then you're like, well, I kind of got to hand it to them, you know. Um, so, what should I do for my second round here? I'm thinking about it. Um, you know what? Well, no, this three, isn't a good. I'm gonna surprise Beatles. you guys with this one later. It's not a good second round pick, I don't think. But I have a good one. This can be shocking, I would say. Lay it on us. Who do I want? Hmm. The thing is, like, um, if you're talking about, like, a bass player on top of Jimmy Chamberlain, that's um, that's a new thing because no one's ever heard uh, a bass player play over Jimmy Chamberlain. It's always been yeah. Billy Corgan <laughs> dubbing over it, so, you know. Yeah, pretty much just following the uh, <laughs> guitar line, basically. Wait, Charles, was your first round pick Jimmy Chamberlain? Yeah, yeah, that's what I did because I I didn't know I didn't know if you had locked that no, in. No, yeah, I did. So bold. here, this this is what I'm gonna do then. I'm gonna make my shocking pick that my flex is gonna be Dr. Dre doing like those really high like West Coast synths. Damn, that's that's bold. That's pretty bold. Yeah, yeah, that's that's my second pick. I'd say all three teams like this is like a real like all three teams kind of like came to play. Like no one really went like conventional in the first. Everyone's got like a very clear, unique roster construction idea in so, their head. Pat, what are you doing for round two then? So, you know, I've got Paul McCartney, like an ageless balladeer band leader who is only allowed to play bass in my band. Unfortunately, I'm already I'm thinking maybe that wasn't the best idea, but it's locked in. I need a, I don't know. Um, maybe for the singer, can I take, I'm just going to take, the dude from Silverchair and assume that he's still 15 <laughs> and just like assume that he's going to be always 15. So he's like a lot of youthful energy for the band. And if he's still 15, that means he has like a lot of like untapped upside still. Like who even knows? Like he could maybe write Paul McCartney wrote, Hey Jude, maybe the dude from Silverchair will write the next Hey Jude. Um, you know, he's an okay singer. He's not actually that good of a singer, but he's just very, I want youthful energy. So I'm going to go with the dude from Silverchair. That's a good pick. You don't want a uh, show-off. No, yeah. I'm, we talk about the importance of glue guys. And, uh, yeah, I mean, especially he's 15. He's not going to try making waves. He's just going to be focused on getting better. And uh, so, yeah, that's my second pick. Okay, that guy's name is Daniel Paul Johns, apparently. 
So it looks like it's back to you, Alex. Man, so I got I got John Bonham, and I got Fieldy from Corn. Still four dudes from Corn left. Still three or four dudes and girls from Smashing Pumpkins left. That's true. There. That's true. Well, the thing is, I, I've never heard any of the other guys from Smashing Pumpkins play. No one's actually ever heard them. It's it's like how no one's ever heard uh, Baron Trump speak. He's just sort of like a, a public <laughs> figure who is just nonetheless uh, in obscurity. So singer is wide open. They don't really have to be a musician. You could choose Baron Trump as your singer if you're really trying to go all out. But Well, the thing is, we don't know uh, what he's going to sound like. We have no idea. He could just shriek racial slurs at the top of his lungs, and you know you can't have that. That's probably too big of yeah, a risk. He's been playing yeah. Minecraft. Not much upside there. Even if you fire him, the band is already ruined if that happens. Yeah, he's, so. it's going to be like a Zwan situation. But having him in the band would probably get you on the Make America Rock Again tour. Hmm. Does anybody else remember where they were when Zwan played Saturday Night Live? Because I do. I didn't know they did play Saturday Night Live. They played Saturday Night Live, and for some reason, I remember being at my parents' house when I was 15. Watching it, <laughs> that's so, that's um, your personal 9-11? Yeah. When yeah, no one else yeah. has a memory of it but you. <laughs> So yeah, I'm the only. It's it's actually quite a burden being the only person alive who remembered that Zwan played on Saturday Night Live. I'm glad I kind of got it off the my Pat chest. Darty uh, autobiography. Zwan on on SNL. My personal 9/11 recollections <laughs> of a life in music. There are some weird um, bands that have played on late night shows. Like last episode, we were talking about Tommy Lee and his band doing his post grunge comeback. Who was show was that? I don't know, but it was on NBC in like the early. It might have been SNL. I don't know, but yeah, it's kind of easy to get on. You'd be surprised who shows up on those shows. What was that band called? The Tommy Lee Band. Um, well, Rockstar Supernova, or just no, his it was solo like Monsters project? of. It was like Monsters of Rock or something. Uh, Travis Barker was in it. Remember this? Wasn't Travis Barker and Tommy Lee's like comeback band? Really? Maybe I'm totally I don't making know. this up. Actually, that might have been early, um, but. Travis Barker is the kind of guy who would be in that. He likes... Yeah, I mean, absolutely. He probably still isn't. It's probably still like a touring band, actually. He um, would be a good pick, but he's, uh... I don't know. He's always doing something else. He's always, like, starting a new band, or he's trying to play with Soldier Boy or Lil Nas X or whatever. Yeah, I remember that. He's too hard of a worker. Too hard of a he's worker. He's just out... He's doing freelance work. <laughs> you know, he's not, not really a team player. Yeah, yeah he's just taking jobs, yeah. So, Alex, are you moving toward uh, anything here? Hmm, who am I thinking for guitar? Actually, maybe I'll do a, a flex pick. Maybe I'll do synth, and I'll have it be Giorgio Moroder. Ooh, that's an interesting pick. That's, like, that's like basically a league-winning pick immediately, actually. We're kind of fucked. Yeah, I gotta catch up here to make this band actually, like, viable. Um, obviously, the bassist is gonna be really important here. To triangulate Dr. Dre and Jimmy Chamberlain. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready to make that kind of commitment yet. Oh, wait a minute. 20 minutes. I got to do the ad hmm. read again. 
Have you ever wondered what Ozzy Osbourne would sound like jamming with Duke Ellington, or what Killer Licks Eric Clapton would add to the big Hawaiian guy's cover of Over the Rainbow? In Stardraft, Band War, the new mobile app by Lizard Entertainment, you can draft your favorite celebrities for rocket combos and win real money in Battle of the Bands competitions with other users. New in version 1.21, jazz band leader Cab Calloway is now available as a singer in place of Lost Profits frontman Ian Watkins. Rock on! Damn, we're gonna have to check that out, guys. I'm really digging. I'm really digging the app, but uh, I usually have a two trackers maximum, and it's installed five trackers on my phone. I I do like the app. I'm glad like they're sponsoring the show, but I just if you could find a way for there to be slightly fewer trackers. Well, what on if you phone. go missing? What if someone kidnaps you? You're in the back of a car trunk. It's still, it's true. That's a good point. Lizard Entertainment has tracked down many lost users. Actually, so actually, they're probably all necessary. I I take it back. Yeah, a lot of their users seem to get kidnapped by the cartel. I'm not sure what it is. I don't know if they're like hanging out by the, yeah. you know, the Rio Grande or like, uh, they just always seem to be in car trunks. But I'm glad they're being found because their GPS data is. But it's quite frankly insulting to assume they would do anything bad with that data. Because clearly they've paid good money to sponsor us, so it's hard to believe they're anything but benevolent and and quite frankly offensive, you know. Yeah, and they're paid. Uh, I mean, they're paying more than all fifteen mattress startups. So that shows you like they have such commitment to the pod. Like they actually really believe in the vision. So I'm kind of embarrassed. I questioned it. I think they're in the mattress game too, but that's for another episode. They're probably. I mean, that's going to be a spinoff soon after the IPO. We've, but uh, we've turned down a lot of mattresses. At least, yeah, fifteen different companies have uh, sent us sample mattresses. Um, it's it's actually kind of hard to breathe because uh, my wife and I sleep on fifteen mattresses on top of each other, and our noses are touching the ceiling. <laughs> none of them were just none, none of them were comfortable enough. I felt like, uh, you know, Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It's, you know, too firm. It's too soft. I just don't want it. I just, I want to keep the mattress, but I just don't like it. There's a pee underneath all of the mattresses, and that's what was causing you bad Oh, shit. You know, some mattress companies should start um, trying to sell to, like, DIY home recording market by just being like, you can put the mattress up against the wall and use it as, like, acoustical, you know, soundproofing shit. Yeah, that's what eggs are doing, the... Big Egg is uh, trying to sell eggs based on just being able to put them on the wall to absorb noise. They're basically encouraging people to just go out and, you know, egg your principal's car or whatever. You don't even need the eggs. The eggs are extraneous. Yeah, that's a prerequisite to using the thing for... Yeah, you put them up on the wall. All right. So for my third pick, I think I'm going to have to go with Thundercat as the bassist. Interesting choice. See, I feel like he's going to triangulate. He's a really good musician, and he can do like jazzy stuff, so he's going to get along with Jimmy Chamberlain. But also he's going to get along with Dr. Dre on some more like rap-style you know, beats here. So I think we're going to have something. It's going to be some good synergy. He can ghostwrite some stuff for Dre, too. So Yeah, there's synergy between all these guys, I think. That really helps the team chemistry. I think we need to see a resurgence of G-Funk. I think, like, the the trap sound. Dude, that's my band might do it. Yeah, they might do it. The trap sound has just been, like, it's been so thoroughly mainstreamed. It's just been the only sound, really, for, like, eight years now. I think we got to get the whiny synths. It might just be that I was playing GTA San Andreas because it's free in the Rockstar store. <laughs> nice. But I just, I think we... <laughs> another really plug to, right there, by Yeah, the another way. plug. We're sponsored by uh, Rockstar Games. 
Specifically GTA San Andreas. It's the newest game. The free version. So who are we up to in the draft now? All right, Pat's on round three here. Man, I really need a guitarist. Um, Let's see. Who do you got so far? This is really tough. Paul McCartney and the dude from Silverchair. That's a good Um, starting base. The dude from Silverchair does... He plays guitar. Uh, I could maybe flex... I could double use of the word flex. I could maybe flex him, actually, to my guitar spot if I wanted a different singer. But... I need a guitarist who solos every single song. I need a guitarist who's like not above soloing. Um, yeah, just because like th- that's like free points basically. So I need a guitarist who solos every song who can fit in with Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney's not gonna like someone that solos every song that's not him though. Um, he re-recorded some of George Harrison's solos actually. By the way, oh I didn't know um, that. <laughs> he, just like one or two, but I think one was on Taxman, which was George's song. Uh, and he recorded George, George re-recorded George's own solo, I believe. Um, <laughs> that solo does sound getting, good on there, so maybe it was worth. The it. solo is amazing. It's also clearly Paul McCartney. Um, but anyways, yeah, and, uh, a lot of Beatles lore here. Uh, oh, I love uh, Beatles lore. I've read all those big books multiple times. I love Beatles lore. Yeah, I'm uh, pretty into the Beatles. Uh, guitarist, I don't know. I guess I'll go. Re- I guess I'll just take. I'll take Neil Young. Uh, get a Canadian oh, on the team. Take it. Uh, so I've got now an Australian, a Brit, a Brit, and a Canadian. So we're kind of we're like storming through like the old Commonwealth. Um, we're kind of like uh, it's like a backdoor way of like restarting the British Empire, actually, which would also be like a cool byproduct. That's the of first the band, album, actually. restarting the British Empire. Yeah, or, or just or it could be you know a little cheekier, a little more maybe just called Commonwealth Games. It's like a way to just kind of float the idea out there. And then for the second album, they really lean into like restarting the British. There are a lot of places you could get people from in that concept. You know, you could go to Jamaica and get Bob Marley. Get Ravi Shankar as your yeah. You could get like go to South Africa and get all the guys Paul Simon got. Yeah, you could go a lot of places in Africa. Yeah, Paul Simon, who uh, really read the cultural moment well and went to South Africa and made an album in the mid '80s. You know, yeah, that was probably (laughs) I would say mid mid 1980s would be the moment to uh to go to south africa and record music yeah that was the moment that was the moment for sure he just really had his i love too that he just straight up stole their songs and sang over them like anyone with a conscience like damon albarn he goes to like molly and just records local artists and like puts their album out but paul simon just had to like claim all the shit as his own yeah damon albarn like like breaks his back like trying to actually like promote them and Paul Simon instead just like jump started the second phase of his career. Yeah, like, exactly. Unapolog- unapologetically. And well, uh, I don't think Damon Albarn ever paid those cartoons. Yeah, you're right. They should unionize, honestly. They did. They actually did. That's why. Uh, so you remember he put out the album in 2017 that was like really kind of shitty. And then he made the non-union album the following year, kind of like the apology album. That was basically just him. The now now. And that was better, actually. Uh, that one had a couple good songs. It did. I actually kind of support it. That's the only time I've ever supported union busting uh, was they tried <laughs> to unionize on humans, and he just he, he quashed that. Yeah, he called in the Pinkertons. A lot of blood shed that day. That's why we haven't seen those cartoons come back. They were just blown to smithereens. Alex, what are you thinking for your fourth round here? Let's see. I got John Bonham, Fieldy, Giorgio Moroder. Who is uh, 
who's going to compliment those guys? I don't want to choose a new metal guy because it, you know, it, it fits too neatly with the the fieldy bass sound. Yeah. And you know, you don't want to you don't <laughs> want to pull two guys from one band. That's kind of uh, frowned upon. I don't want to go with another dead guy because uh, in the app they actually give you a penalty for when they're dead. Uh, when when you bring them back, it's assumed that uh, in the simulation they're going to be in the state they were immediately before death. They're like inured to that uh, that condition that killed them, but like you know whatever drug they were doing, if they shot up a speedball or something, they're going to be on the speedball. And you know that could be a good thing and that could be a bad thing, depending on what kind of sound you're going for. Yeah, that's the risk you take. It's like a wild card. It's like lighting like a big bag of fireworks on fire in the studio, basically. You don't really know what's going to happen. They also frown on the dead people picks because they're a lot more expensive to license. And we try to be good custodians of the app. And um, the more dead people you pick, the more expensive it is. So just keep that in mind. It gets complicated when you're bringing the dead back to life. Who am I going to add for a guitarist? How about uh, Charlie Christian, the jazz guitarist? going to come out of left field for that one. I think I'm going to have to bring him back okay, to life as well. He's not he's not in the draft software, oh, so it's not going to get 42. graded well. Yeah, it's not going to get graded well because oh, he's, he's not, not even, even in the draft oh, software. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's not even showing up. Um, who else could I do in that vein? Is George Benson still alive? George Benson is still alive. Well, you can take the risk on him. As well, I don't know. That's figure. a lot of – you're losing a lot of points to bring someone back from 1942. That's, uh, you know, I, I think I'm going to go with George Benson, yeah, who's, that's like the, you know, probably the most well-known uh, living electric jazz guitarist. I think he would add a lot to that band. That really strains the app servers, but they, they like the show so much that, like, they're going to allow it. So it's pretty cool. It's actually a pretty good gesture on their behalf. Yeah, I forget cool. which country the servers are running. It's I don't think it's recognized by the UN. I think it's like a splinter state somewhere. It's like a Western Sahara or one of those countries. I don't know. There were a lot of... We talked to them on the phone. There were some guns in the background. I don't know what's going on down there. But um, who we got next? Who's who's picking next? Uh, looks like I'm Who's up. picking my guys? Hmm. It's a big pick. Yeah, this is a big pick. It's going to define the direction of the band here, whether I go guitarist or singer. I'm just going to go with a random instinct here. I'm going to pick the guitarist from Susie and the Banshees. Like their good period, like Juju and stuff. I don't know how to pronounce that guy's name even because it's some like, I don't know. Is it John, fucking... John McGoak? Yeah, is that how you pronounce it? I don't know how to pronounce his name, but he is uh, one of my favorite guitarists of all time, actually. I Dude, me too. He's so I good. love his work in magazine. He did these like really weird like atonal solos. That were somehow like still in Yeah, tune. dude, you and me would both like him because he's a big arpeggio guy too. Yeah. <laughs> I bought the same um, uh, phaser pedal that he used. Or no, sorry, not phaser. It was... Um, flanger? Fucking... Um, yeah, the flanger, yeah. The MXR flanger that he used. I bought that because he used it. That was a great era for guitarists. But yeah. Like late 70s. Guys totally, who came yeah. out of punk but were just like really interesting. It was like the first time when pedals could really be used on stage. Um, so you started to see so much more like interesting guitar tone. And he was one of those first guys like doing cool shit with it. Yeah, I love that era when like stuff was just uh, like consumer electronics were becoming more commonplace. And people could 
there were just like so many new avenues that were coming open at once in like the late 70s, early 80s, like home recording and cheaper pedals and synthesizers and drum machines. Yeah, so we'll see how he fits in there with Thundercat and uh, Dr. Dre and Jimmy Chamberlain, but uh, it's up to you now, Pat. What are you doing? This one's really tough. So I need a drummer, I think, and a flex, right? I think I'm going to go I'm gonna go off the board, too. You guys are kind of going off the board. I think for my flex, uh, and this guy, he can maybe also sing, or maybe he could be a lyricist, too. For the, I'm going to do... Beto O'Rourke for the flex. Um, <laughs> All right. We kind of we want the band. We want the band. We want some earnestness in this band for one. Uh, we don't want like Paul McCartney could do a lot of like put on earnesty. Uh, I love Paul McCartney, but he, it can be too much of a put on with him sometimes. So that earnestness won't do. Uh, the singer is just going to be all earnest because he's fifteen, but it's like a naive earnestness. Uh, we want yeah. yeah we want like woke I want like woke Beto kind of being like the conscience of the band. So and is he also he singing plays, or is he playing guitar? Or what do you have him doing exactly? I think he was a bass player. I can't remember what he played in his band. Uh, he, he seems like band. he should be because he's like six seven. You got to have the long guitar. Yeah, with the, yeah. um he was with um. Uh, was the dude from At the Drive-In? Yeah, it was um Cedric Bixler's Vala. Yeah, yeah, he's uh he's part of the Latino community down there. And it's very apropos, because uh, <laughs> I was just talking about people being kidnapped in the Rio Grande, and he's uh, he's kidnapped very frequently. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna do Beto and just like have him be. I could have gone, I could have done like Beto or Zach De La Rocha, but I feel like I need Beto's like earnestness more than like Zach De La Rocha's like fire right now. So he's mostly doing and vocal like, shit then, or he's he might not even be doing. He might just honestly be right. He might just be a lyricist, like kind of like Robert Hunter, R.I.P. Uh, from the Grateful Dead, um, he's just gonna be like a lyricist for the band, and it's gonna be like very earnest, like tabletop speech. Oh, so type he's lyrics. passing those lyrics lyrics off to the silver chair guy. Yeah, he's writing lyrics for the fifteen year old okay, silver I got chair you. singer. That's a good um, role for him. They hit, they've got some instant chemistry, actually. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I'm going. Yeah, we we want to we want to be we want to help people. We want to save people. You know, there's enough cynicism in this world. So that's why I'm flexing. I'm flexing Beto O'Rourke. All right, Alex, you got to pick a singer now. Hmm, who's going to be a good singer over this? I don't want to choose Morrissey because um, we got a black guy in the band. Uh, you know, I, I don't want there to be. I don't want him to make any comments because he's prone to making comments. Yeah, like England first or whatever the fuck that party is. Yeah. Um, how about David Lee Roth? All right. I think we need to add a, a like oh, a, a party guy mentality. Yeah, I was going to say that just made the band a lot more fun right there. Because, uh, you know, you got laid back uh, jazz guitar. You've got a guy who, when he's revived, is going to have vomit in his mouth. And he's going to have a lot of rum in his stomach. So you, you got to have someone who's just bringing that energy, who's going to yowl, who's going to just get the crowd going wild, who's going to have, you know, his butt cheeks hanging out. He's going to be, uh, he's going to have a rivalry with George Benson who can... Uh, who can rock the hardest, who, uh, you know, George Benson probably isn't going to be too into it, but, you know, the, Eddie Van Halen was also annoyed by David Lee Roth. So, you know, anything can happen when sparks fly. It has a lot of creative tension to the band. Absolutely. I want to see David Lee Roth and Giorgio Moroder on the road together touring. Yeah, they would be, uh, they would probably be very good friends. <laughs> All right. So to round mine out, see, I could... 
just shit all over it right now for the sake of novelty. Like, in theory, it'd be funny to pick, like, Anthony Kiedis and just, like, completely go off the rails to hope to get those novelty points later. But I'm just going to finish it as something I would genuinely be interested in what would happen. And I'm going to pick Panda Bear from Animal Collective as the singer. Whoa. That's a good one. Uh, you're getting a team player there. Like a very talented, uh, kind of, you know, left field adds a different vibe. Um, him and Jimmy Chamberlain, I don't know if they'll hit it off or not, though. That is actually the maybe the biggest tension there musically. Jimmy Chamberlain's going to have to scale it back a little, but he can because he's tasteful. He can just scale back a little bit of the, like, the flourishes, you know? Him and Dr. Drake could probably hit it off over since. Oh, dude, they absolutely that's true. would. Honestly, if they made music together, it would legitimately be good. Yeah, that's like the that's like the most important dynamic in the band is Panda Bear and Dr. Dre. Like the Thundercat like too. Like that's in that same world. I bet they probably. That's true. Like, I bet you anything. Panda Bear listens to Thundercat. I think uh, the thing about Dr. Dre is that you have to have someone who's going to keep him in line to be sort of a retro pick, because if if he knows he's in 2019 and he's making a comeback. You know he's going to try to sound like uh, you know Migos from six years ago or whatever. He's, he's yeah, going to he's going to try to do right. something cool <laughs> he's and he's going to fall on his ass. So you got to make sure it's like you're uh, you're in the mix because we want you to sound like it's 1992. We want to hear the Chronic. We want to hear yeah, Doggy absolutely. Style. That's his his peak. You know we know you've got your you've got a big head now. We know you're uh, we know you're all buff. Dude, I think he lost all that weight because it was all like steroids and shit. I think he stopped doing steroids and now he looks like someone just like put a pin in him. He shrunk like a balloon. He was legit popped for steroids. (laughs) How did they know? (laughs) I can't remember. It was like some big celebrity ring. Like Missy Elliott. Yeah, Missy Elliott was there was like a huge list of celebs that were taking. That's funny. I didn't know that. It was really funny. it was like 10 years ago, I think. I can't remember. Yeah, if you go back to peak um, steroids, Dre, and then just find a picture from this year, it's fucking hilarious. Timbaland was on the steroids, too, for sure, I remember. He was part of it. Um, What's Timbaland up to? The last thing I remember that was high profile was when he did those Justin Timberlake albums, but that was like five, six years ago. Oh, more than that, right? Yeah, Timbaland hasn't done anything for a long time. Pat, you going to pick your drummer yet? Do you have a idea? All right, so it's... I got here for a drummer. Um, I mean, do I want? Do I need like points, or do I need like another glue guy? You think? Am I like? Am I trying to like get ceiling here, or do I just want more like floor, like someone who's just kind of like? Uh, I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna go with one I said earlier. I'm, I'm taking the dude from REM who became a farmer. Like we got some egos in this band, mostly Paul McCartney. Uh, I'm sure Neil Young has an ego. Uh, I can't even remember. Beto O'Rourke, you know, has an ego. Uh, so like Bill, I think it was Bill Berry, right? Like yeah, he, that's right. Who's in? Who's in like the most one of the most popular rock bands on earth? And then like near their peak, a little after their peak, you know, he's left to became a farmer. And like that's we need some humility on in that's this good. band. That, yeah, that defuses some of those egos. Yeah, and like and too like he can threat. He can always just go back to his farm if things are going off the rails, and they don't want him. They won't want that. So they're gonna like try to like you know. Yeah, like stay stay cool for him. Like they they don't want this stuff to go off the rails. They need to keep Bill in the band and off yeah, they the know farm. he'll leave if he needs to. Yeah, he'll leave for sure. He's not like Ringo, or he's in like fake leave a bunch. Like he'll actually leave and go back to his farm. So I'm taking Bill Berry. He's a decent drummer, humble guy. 
and they're the band's gonna like quote unquote, you know they're gonna want to like so to speak stay together for the kids stay together for bill so i'm gonna go with bill barry as my fifth and final pick i guess let's each take a second to give each other some pitchfork scores based on what we put together and then try to justify them so uh charles who did you have again i've got as the singer i got panda bear as the guitarist i got the guy from Susie and the banshees however you pronounce his scottish or irish or english ass name yeah i wish r.i.p to him i wish he had a easier to pronounce name because i would reference him all the time he's uh played on some of my favorite albums of all time uh just legendary guitarist up there with like just the greats of that era who changed the shape of the instrument but he's got to get a new name yeah how about like john (laughs) mcdonald um john uh smith john smith then bassist, we got Thundercat. Drummer, we got Jimmy Chamberlain. And the flex, we got Dr. Dre on synth. Interesting assortment. So I had John Bonham on drums, laying it down. You got Fieldy from Corn on bass. Giorgio Moroder as the flex on synth. George Benson, jazz guitarist, on guitar. And for the singer, you got Diamond Dave. Di- David Lee Roth from Van Halen, from David Lee Roth. <laughs> um, his his son Asher Roth has been making waves. <laughs> he's just gonna he's gonna add a party atmosphere. He's gonna he's gonna get people in the crowd riled up, and that's what you need. So who did you have, Pat? Pat, what do you got? Charles, first up, does Alex though lose point? Because David Lee Roth's voice has been shot for like fifteen years, so I don't know if that that should be considered in the score. Oh shit! But here's the thing too that you got the silver chair guy as a fifteen year old though. Who knows what he sounds like now? So I think we're going to give him... That's a good point. We'll give... For this... You know, this time around doing this, we're going to give everyone their people at their peak, I guess, just to be... Okay. And plus, for the Silverchair dude, if we needed to, we could always use some Netflix Martin Scorsese, like, de-aging software if we really needed to, to, like, get him back to 15. Um, So I've got... I've got Paul McCartney, but only as a bassist. He's not even allowed to write melodies, which is kind of a shame because he's probably the greatest melody writer. Oh, you know he's going to play some up on the the high strings of the bass. You know he's going to slip them in. Ooh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, whatever. He could do whatever he wants in his spare time if he wants to write some songs for himself, you know, for like his next album when he's like 85 or whatever. But in this band, he's playing bass. Then singing, yeah, it's the dude from Silverchair who I assume is still 15. Uh... Ba- guitar lead guitarist I have Neil Young yeah it's a kind of a no brainer uh, one of the greatest lead guitarists of all time and you know he's he's got some rhythm elements too he can do it all on guitar um, drummer I got I have Bill Berry because I like his farming I flexed uh, Beto O'Rourke to be the conscience of the band in these fraught 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 modern times and uh, is that my whole band yeah uh, I feel like Beto uh, O'Rourke yeah. is going to use the word fuck in his lyrics and it's going to be very poignant. Yeah, he's going to want to be edgy because, you know, he's earnest, but he also wants to be edgy. So he's going to say fuck occasionally. If you guys can't get on board with that, you know, I don't, there might be a parental advisory sticker on the album. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're still going to put out CDs, too, even though you guys might be digital only because there's some people out there. You know, they want that tactile connection. We're trying to find those people, people who like still want you know, to feel something. So we're going to put out CDs. Uh, I don't, even if you guys are digital only, we're going to put out CDs still. If you have old guys, you got to, in the band, you got to, uh, you got to have like eight tracks, vinyl, because you, you bring them back to life. They don't know what they're looking at. That's true, actually. So we're going to be every format. We're even, we're even going to be like mini disc. We're going to be, we're, we're all for like, inc- 
the biggest tent possible. So we're going to be yeah, cover all the bases. I'm looking there. at the Wikipedia yeah. article for Daniel Johns, the uh, silver chair singer. And there's an interesting anecdote here where he claimed in 2007 he had shared a joint with his then wife, Natalie Imbruglia, known for the single Torn, <laughs> and uh, Australian federal MP and ex-Midnight Oil frontman Peter Garrett and Bono. And I love Midnight Oil. That's a band I could talk about a lot. Uh, like um Australian leftist band who had a, a huge hit in 1987 with Beds Are Burning, but like that's not even one of their better songs, like not even the best song in that album. They have a lot of good shit, like a new wave, post-punkish, alternative rock. Cool. But anyway, uh, yeah, the uh, the conservatives in Australia got mad and said they should be uh, they should get in trouble for sharing a joint. Yeah. <laughs> It was more, those were more complicated times back in 2007. I didn't know he was married um, to Natalie Imbruglia. That rocks. I did, yeah, I was saying, I had no idea. Torn, one of the greatest uh, like VH1 songs ever. Great video. Um, if you had VH1. I think for for two years, I think VH1 for two years straight only showed the Torn video by Natalie Imbruglia. Uh, <laughs> that's when it had its highest ratings, too. For just two, all of 1997 and 1998, it showed that video. Well, the highest ratings were with uh, Tommy Lee goes so, to college in 2005, but of course, uh, that's yeah. actually I meant besides that. That's just yeah, like that's assumed. Uh, I, I didn't mean besides that. Sorry. So let me see. You want to take a couple seconds to uh, give each other a pitchfork score here, and then uh, explain why, and then we'll uh, kind of wrap it up. I think pitchfork. If we're looking at this through the lens of being a pitchfork reviewer, I think they would try to spite Billy Corgan by giving it a high score. That's, that's going to give you points because they don't, like everyone else, they don't like Billy Corgan. Uh, they tend not One to... One of the core tenets of the website. Yeah, they don't give his... Uh, if, if there's like a re-release of Siamese Dream, they'll give it a 10. But uh, if he puts out something new, <laughs> it's going to get like a 3. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think if, just to make him jealous, they're going to give you extra points for that. It could backfire. Are, are Billy and Jimmy on good terms right now, actually? Like, if they're cool, that could actually hurt the album. If Jimmy's currently cool with Billy, that No, because um, one of their recent albums, Tommy Lee was the drummer. I don't think Jimmy Chamberlain's been around lately. Okay, I did not. I actually did not. That's amazing. <laughs> and before that, it was like a 17-year-old. He was, was the drummer really... on the most recent album. But who knows how long that? Oh, can last, you're right. Because you know? they reunited to do like the reunion shows that are like almost all old songs, and then they play like one new song. You're totally right. They had a tour that totally tanked. That I know Jimmy Chamberlain was a part of the tour like a year. Oh, or that two must ago. have been that recent one then. Yeah. Yeah, the, those ticket sales totally tanked. Uh, the the Hella Mega tour tour learned a lot of what not to do from the Smashing Pumpkins reunion tour. Oh, by just throwing um, three bands on it. Yeah, and like you know, all releasing like. Uh, like to, to like viral songs like they they learned a lot from how not to roll out for sure, the yeah. 90s tour yeah oh my god we could talk about uh we we should do an entire episode just about the smashing pumpkins or like a series of like five episodes yeah we need to we keep bringing them up lately now because uh you need a whole um, yeah podcast series on the smashing pumpkins billy goddamn corgan yeah if he's in a band with someone if he's on good terms with someone you can pretty much write it off because you know you remember zwan Zwan, uh, you put him in a tour bus with like two other people. They're gonna leave the band. They're gonna like jump out the window. He starts talking. So who? Uh, it was uh, Jimmy Chamberlain. Who was on bass? Uh, we had Thundercat there. Doctor Dre. Thundercat, I think. Uh, I the think Pitchfork the likes him, right? I think so. 
You're at least in like seven. You have like a guaranteed seven point eight just from Panda Bear being in the band. Obviously, yeah, it's true. This is a this um, is a reliable. I played it safe a little bit. So that was like a high floor addition to the band. I think maybe Charles, which you get. Uh, so they love Panda Bear. The Jimmy Chamberlain politics are unclear. I think you might get an eight point one, but without best new music. Okay, that like, seems fair. I'm I'm into that. Thundercat got eight point five on his newest album. 2017 so uh, yeah they okay, like him so that'll yeah, get you that, some points right. maybe so maybe you're the lowest possible best new music is so eight point they've done it for 8.1 before maybe you're an 8.3 best new music then i didn't know they liked thundercat that much um so maybe you're trending into 8384 best new music all right I, I think i can accept that that sounds about right oh my god they, the scores they give him you want to know the scores they give him so it's 2011 album 8.1 his 2013 album, 8.2. 2015 album, 8.3. 2017 <laughs> album, 8.5. They don't want to rock the boat here. Yeah, you bo- you boxed yourself into an 8.3, actually, with that pick. It's like I, I saw once on IMDb. Remember Fred from YouTube when they made uh, movies about him? He was the kid who would like pitch up his voice and scream. No, I don't know that. Anyway, like, I, I was looking at him, and, like, it, it would tick up by one point for every sequel, every, like, TV-only sequel, so it would be, like, <laughs> you know, 3.1, 3.2, 3.3, and I calculated the year where it would be a perfect 10, and it would, like, uh, you know, be higher than Pulp <laughs> Fiction or whatever on the IMDb Top 100. <laughs> so Thundercat's got that same thing. He's inching towards a perfect 10. Yeah, just give him another 15 releases, yeah. Um, so, Alex, I think... Yours is like maybe more controversial where someone like Giorgio Moroder has enough like clout and history behind him where people are going to are going to be into that, especially because of um, like Daft Punk sort of revitalizing his image. Maybe George Benson the same way. John Bonham, no one's going to complain about that. I'm looking at Pitchfork Um, now. Giorgio Moroder from Here to Eternity, which is from the 80s. They gave it an 8.6. And then his new album from 2015, which I didn't know about, where he teams with... Britney Spears, Charlie XCX, Sia, Keyless, uh, that got a 2.5. So <laughs> they're really not glad that he Whoa. came back. So I don't know. That might that might push me down some points. <laughs> I don't know what, what they think about Korn. It seems like something that, yeah, they've... I think they would hate it. Um, David Lee Roth never done a Korn here. They're not even going to... Korn might be to the point, though... Where Corn like is gonna get a Sunday review soon. That's like a seven point one or something, I, you know. Um, you know where, where they review the albums that aren't in their catalog, and they might do like yeah. a, you know, like a, a slight like a what's the word when you go back and take a what's the a, a, a retcon? Or not a re, no, nah, not a like something like a reappraisal. I forget what the good word. I forget what reappraisal is a pretty good, good word. word for it is. But yeah, but, I mean, once the new metal revival is deep enough underway, they'll give it like. A high seven. They'll give like follow the leader or some shit like a high seven. Yeah. No, it'll be issues. It won't be the, the obvious one to follow. It'll be issues that somehow spoke like foretold like George Bush's upcoming election yeah. somehow. <laughs> um, it'll be like a seven point one because you know some of it will just be too crude, even in like the reappraisal to like uh, forgive. But like there's For gonna sure. be like some sort of like under the under the radar props that they deserve. For like forecasting George W. Bush, so it gets like a seven point one. I want to put Alex in that range, then like seven point one ish. You know, I'll take that. Yeah, because 
It was yeah. It's a you know this is like a controversial supergroup here. Um, so, but like the supergroup two dynamic that, that establishes like a floor. Like uh, so, he's not going to get like a one point eight unless it, unless it's like uh, you know like today where like they just like uh, what's that song recently that had like fourteen producers on it? The Camille I don't even know how to say their name. The Sean Mendes uh, whatever. And like uh, I have no idea. I heard something by him. It sucked. Yeah, unless you like really phone in your collaboration with like seventeen different producers, where you're like just like like emailing bass parts to each other, then they'll knock your supergroup. But like his band's old school enough that like they're gonna record in like the same room. That gives him a floor of like at least six point one, and I think we can maybe get it pushed all the way up to seven point one. Yeah, I think right around there sounds about right. Yeah, that's a decent enough score. And then pet. What I am worried about though is uh, what happens when I turn it into the app into Stardraft Band War. They're uh, making me do this. I have to enter them in. Uh, let's see. Well, so George Benson wasn't even in the app. So that no, was it was uh, Charlie Christian wasn't in the app because he died in 1942. Oh, that's right. Never mind. Uh, George Never mind. Benson's Never the next mind. best thing. He is in the app. Doesn't cost very many points, which is good. Uh, let's see. John Bonham is in there, but there's a uh, losing some points uh, because he's dead. So he's going to uh, come back. It should spit out a simulation if I have enough S points. So we got Fieldy from Corn. We got Giorgio Moroder on synth. We got George Benson. And then we got David Lee Roth. I'm only the second person to choose David Lee Roth as a singer. That's interesting. Currently generating what that band will sound like, and it'll give it a score. Paul, I'm I'm not gonna give my own score, but I feel like Paul McCartney will maybe hurt my score. Uh, yeah, he he like kind of comes and goes in terms of like critical taste. I mean, obviously the the Beatles stuff will always be unimpeachable for the, but you know, post Beatles, one of the all time critical punching bags. Uh, I think his, though we're giving people the benefit of the doubt here by giving you kind of the peak um, respect, maybe where I think that Neil Young, Paul McCartney, Bill Berry is pretty solid basis here. But the singer, the silver chair singer plus Beto O'Rourke on lyrics is the real wild card here. Of um, yeah, you know, you know Beto to is to grab Beto's kind of he's a little bit canceled right now in terms of like uh, people are like, why are you still running for president? Yeah, that's so, what like, I was gonna say. Like the pitchfork hurt. perspective would be exactly that, where they would be like, what's he doing gallivanting in this band and running for president instead of running for the Texas Senate against John Cornyn? You know. Well, and also, you know, he might. He might too in the review. There might be a two or three paragraphs on him being like a closet centrist too. Um, I didn't really think of that actually. That could really hurt me. Actually, that's pretty bad. I kind of fucked I'm still, up. Basically, actually. I'm gonna I'm gonna settle on a solid baseline like seven here. Also, yeah, I, they don't want to go too far in on Beto O'Rourke because a lot of the guys who write for Pitchfork are him. That's the thing. Like it, everything about him is like it's. Uh, people project things onto him. So like, you know, young people are like, oh, this is like an old, old aging punk guy. They're all like comparing him to someone they know in their real life. So like older women are like, oh, this is like a hot guy. And, you know, uh, like millennial women are like, this is like a guy I used to date or whatever. Like everyone's reading something into them. But the reason he, uh, the reason he talks about all those old bands is because there's a certain type of guy who's his age who's going to see him and be like, that's me, but cooler. I'm like him. I'm like the cool guy. And I think that's probably the majority of the Pitchfork staff. That's a really good point, actually. 
I hadn't thought of that. It's a good idea to have him in the band. Yeah, it depends on the age of the reviewer. He's getting one of these more OG Pitchfork writers. That That's going to be the case. Well, Charles, what do you think? What do I get? I'm still putting it somewhere in that like seven-something range, but I think that Alex is right where if you got the right reviewer, they're going to bump you up a little bit for sympathizing with like... I forgot that they would see themselves in Beto. That's a, like a really excellent point, actually. And like, you know, they have to stay... You know, like cynical and like uh, like true woke on Twitter, but they kind of secretly wish they could just be more earnest, like Beto. Um, so maybe like they don't tweet that, but then they can put it in the form of like their score for the album. They can like give a secret like wink and a nod to Beto, basically. And then if anyone like questions it, they just bring up Neil Young and say that don't you like that guy? Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, but then they bring up what about Paul McCartney, you know, like the guy who literally started Wings. And then, I don't know, then you just kind of, like, act like you can't, like, your cell phone dropped out. And then it's a 7. Wings is okay. Yeah. We're, I don't we're think gonna people go care about them anymore. Seven. That's the thing. Like, they don't have any, like, cultural presence, really. They're just sort of like a footnote. So people are like, oh, that's like a, a one-off project, See, Paul McCartney. Yeah, that's had true. 70s. They had two songs. That's true. The people that were, like, deeply of- offended by Wings, yeah, are no longer part of, like, the cultural conversation. That's actually a really good point, too. Yeah, because they're just not important enough for our generation to care as much. You kind of listen to, like, no, that's Band like, on the Run and be like, all right. That's, like, maybe two paragraphs on Paul McCartney's wiki. So. Yeah, exactly. Cool. I think we um, accomplished nothing here, but we had fun doing it. There's more than one way to make a supergroup. Everyone's just forming supergroups like with their friends, but we actually thought like really deeply about it. And like this is the way supergroups sh- should be formed. And you shouldn't be afraid to take two percussionists or like one drummer and one programmer. Like we just you learned a lot about band construction. I actually think it was a very useful exercise. Alex, how's your simulation thing going it's, here? It's uh gave me a 1.2 out of 10. It's hey, I just lost bad. I bet that's fucked up. Forty dollars on it, and it just, it I, I lost the money because it, uh, it. Oh, I got a new. I got a new. I uh, got to do another ad read real quick. Have you ever wondered what Ozzy Osbourne would sound like jamming with Duke Ellington, or what Killer Licks Eric Clapton would add to the Big Hawaiian Guys cover of Over the Rainbow? In Star Draft Band War, the new mobile app by Lizard Entertainment, you can draft your favorite celebrities for rockin' combos and win real money in Battle of the Bands competitions with other users. New in version 1.21, jazz band leader Cab Calloway is now available as a singer in place of Lost Prophets frontman Ian Watkins. Rock on! Okay, so they just lost the... Fucking... Okay, well, I I guess I might as well play the simulation spit out of this. I guess... Yeah, let's hear it. 